Welcome to the Bluth Society, a podcast where three artists slash animation geeks talk about Don Bluth. My name is Havana. My name is Carrie. And I'm DeAndrea. Over this series, we will cover 10 signature films. And on our first episode, we will cover the 1982 animated classic, Secret of Nim. Uh, now, just as a disclaimer, uh, even though this podcast is about a bunch of cartoons, it's not exactly child-friendly. We kind of curse like sailors. We'll try to minimize it, but we can't promise anything. <laughs> the other thing is many of Don Blue's films, as they stand in time, are considered not child-friendly now. So some things you might want to just remember as we go forward that we're going to be talking about heavy subjects as they pertain to the movie. Yeah, uh, I, I did notice that. Like, I was kind of surprised that in The Secret of Nim there was cursing? What? And blood. So much blood. But we will get to, to that. Get to that. Um, but before we even jump into the movie, let's have a little bit of history about who Don Bluth was. I think a lot of people... Uh, probably have heard of the name, but um, we want to kind of share who he was as an animator, as a creative. And uh, Carrie here uh, actually uh, has written for the Mary Sue, and she will be sharing uh, some tidbits about Don Bluth. Uh, she did a whole series on the Mary Sue about women in animation. Uh, she, she knows her animation history. She also worked on a book, right? Yeah, so Hollywood Heroines uh, is the book uh, title, and it's all about film, uh, women in filmmaking. And I wrote the, literally, I wrote the chapter on animation. That's so, yeah. pretty awesome. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, uh, Carrie, for the listeners who might not know Don Bluth, who was he? Don Bluth is a person that I kind of consider one of the punk rock uh, animators of the late 70s and 80s. Um, He was bringing forward uh, golden age quality Disney animation style in a time where Disney was actually questioning whether they should even be doing movies anymore. Which, uh, which really, to me, says that if we didn't have Don Bluth basically giving Disney the reason to or Disney, that competition, Disney wouldn't have had the renaissance because they wouldn't have had anybody to go up against. I never thought about that. um, Yeah, so to me, Don Bluth is the entire reason we have those classic Disney movies that started with The Little Mermaid in uh, in 1989. Wait, so did Don Bluth, uh, did he work at Disney after Walt Disney's death, or...? Uh, Yes, so he, if I remember right, yes, he did. So his... uh, he actually started working in uh, at the Disney Company in I think it's 1957. No, 1955. Okay. He worked as a an assistant for John Loonsbury, who was one of the Nine Old Men. And for anybody mm-hmm. not sure who what the di- Nine Old Men were, Nine Old Men. Diners. <laughs> <laughs> they all work in diners. Um. Anyway, <laughs> the Nine Old Men are um are the nine founding animators of Disney. So they were the guys that were Walt's kind of round table of knights, but just animators. Um, and you will know them, like, Milt Call was one. Frank and Ollie were one, yeah. were, were two of them. And uh, John was another. So he was working as an assistant under John. And uh, on Sleeping Beauty, which is one of... <laughs> freaking gorgeous movie yeah um so that's that's where he started and then in 1957 he actually left disney um so that he could spend basically two and a half years in argentina 
as a missionary. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) And then he came back not too long after that to work on, um, what was it? Uh, Robin Hood, Winnie the Pooh and Tigger 2, The Rescuers. And then he was also the directing and animation on Pete's Dragon. His last involvement with Disney was around 1978 on a short Christmas short called The Small One, which is about a donkey that carried Mary uh, to the manger Mm, thing okay. thing anyway um <laughs> the, <manger thing. laughs> the manger anyway around that time don and his i guess his best bro um gary goldman were really frustrated with the quality of animation that was coming out of the disney studio and they were really really frustrated with how uh disney was just undercutting the entire reason that disney existed in the first place they wanted to return to that that styling that artistry of what the golden age of animation really Mm. was. So um, with that frustration, it was, um, I think it was in 1978, that he basically, he and Gary Goldman got together and said, screw this, who wants to come with us? And so in the middle of, (laughs) in the middle of the production of Fox and the Hound, Don Bluth created um, basically what we call the Disney defectors and (laughs) the Disney defectors were 14 other animators that literally piled into the back of his truck and they took a picture and it's quite funny of them on the Disney lot just leaving. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> Wait, it wasn't like his birthday. I think or it something? was his birthday. Yeah. I think, but don't quote me on that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it was his birthday, and they just said, "Screw this, we're going home," and making our own movies. Um, yeah. So that is sort of where we end up with the secret of Nim. Now, before this point, there was a short, call, not a short, but a, a, a shorter movie. That he did for TV called Banjo the Cat, the Woodpile Cat, which was actually based on his cat as a child. Mm. Now you guys might not know this, know this, but uh, Don Bluth was illiterate for years. What? Yes. So he grew up, he grew up in Texas, right? And the only way he could go see movies was literally riding his horse <laughs> back from his home oh, to the movie theaters. My God. And I just keep thinking to myself, He's where did just he? A good old country boy. <laughs> I keep wondering to myself, where did he put the horse? Um, (laughs) Do you just tie it up outside and hope it stays? Have you never been to Texas? I mean, yes, but I don't think people are just walking around Walmart saying, hold my horse. Um, (laughs) They literally, they have these little, like these stands and it has like a ring on the end and it has a horse head. And it's literally for tying your horse up to it. Oh. What? Yes. Today I learned. <laughs> I hope you guys learned too, because I did not know that. But yes, <laughs> yeah. he was um, he was a illiterate child. He was illiterate for many years, and then managed to learn how to read. I think from actually reading Disney comic books. Dude, Where- this <laughs> explains so much about Secret of New. <laughs> but we will get to that. <laughs> But yeah, so that's uh, one of the things that, um, that's who Don Bluth is, and Secret of Nim was his first serious feature, um, feature animated film. And uh, just jumping into that, like, I I just wanted to kind of ask you guys, like, did you guys, were you guys big fans of this movie when you were kids? As a kid, I was terrified of this movie. (laughs) Yeah, dude, I'm terrified now. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) 
mean, watching the movie, there were a couple of moments where I realized there's like a lot of nightmare fuel here. Yeah. You know, like the owl, the old, the great owls, terrifying. Mm-hmm. Like there's this giant spider, terrifying. <laughs> there's like this rat that wants to kill everybody. Oh my God, <laughs> yes. So much to talk about, but we will get to it. Um, and this uh, movie was based on a book. I believe the book was called uh, Mrs. Frisbee. Mrs. Yeah. Frisbee and, and the Rats and Fun story. So Disney actually originally was petitioned like <gasps> for the rights of the movie, and then they decided to pass on it. Oh, I um, that. They decided because they had already done The Rescuers, they didn't want to do another mouse movie. They already have a mouse movie. Oh, interesting. And almost in a, like, in-your-face... Don Bluth defects from Disney, gets the rights for this movie. Of course, they created the short first. Um, but Bando, yeah. Yeah, but then his first feature-length movie that he creates is the movie that Disney passes on. Whoa! <laughs> I did not know that. And That's kind of cool. Do you have to wonder, like, I wonder if, like, The Rescuers Down Under was, like, a, another one-upmanship on that because it's like you're gonna make a mouse movie fine we're gonna make a mouse movie and we're gonna do it better That's funny. But, like, uh, I think Rescuers came before, right? Yeah. The Rescuers. I'm talking about Rescuers Down Under. Oh, Rescuers Down Under. So, Rescuers. Also good. Two. The sequel. (laughs) Uh, Now we're having mouse fights. Mice Mice were very in. In the animation scene. I don't know. I don't really understand why. Up in here getting cut in the mouse of house. House of mouse. (laughs) (laughs) Watch out. I also read that um, the reason why they changed... Did you read about why they changed Mrs. Frisbee to Mrs. Brisbee? Yeah. yeah. They were afraid of the copyright of the Frisbee, like a Frisbee disc. Yeah. I thought that was kind of funny. I they thought... actually asked them, and they were like, no, you can't use <gasps> Frisbee. Bitch! <laughs> <laughs> I told you this podcast Nobody not for children. Nobody cares about Frisbees. <laughs> movie uh so our opening scene is uh i i was kind of uh surprised about this i was i don't know why i remembered it as like a forest clearing but it actually started with that like old scroll and we see these hands like writing yes yeah it was like a oh these what what are those hands like it was like was, that oh, was Nicodemus. Uh, that was Nicodemus's hands. Okay. hands, but they were like um, Rasputin's hands, you know? Oh my god, they're like, <laughs> like gross and just like yes, the hands were rotting very, and I'm like y'all. There, there's like cream for that. <laughs> <laughs> there's gotta be cream for that. Yeah. Um, and then in the opening, we also see that uh, bright red the stone ruby yeah. necklace. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of contrast in like playing with colors and especially emotion and colors in this yeah. movie because yeah. like Nicodemus is like green and yellow and like sickly oh, colors yeah. and mm-hmm. so it's kind of a foreshadowing to him later <gasps> on oh, dying. Good point. Good point. Mm-hmm. And then also it contrasts with this like nice shiny, mm-hmm. beautiful like you know emblem. Yeah. yeah. And as he's writing, he we see he mentions Jonathan Brisby. Right? Yes. yes. Um, so we kind of get a hint of Jonathan, who will be referenced quite a bit throughout yeah. the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we get to the title and credits. 
totally forgot about the long-ass credits that used to happen <laughs> at the very beginning. Um, and then we kind of get an intro to Mrs. Brisby as she's wandering. Uh, I forgot where she was wandering. She's but She's going was, through the uh, the tractor with Mr. Ages. Yeah, so she yeah. was looking for Mr. Ages. Um, and she finds Mr. Ages. And he basically... He's a condescending jerk. <laughs> the <laughs> yes, whole <yeah>. time. <laughs> so he's kind of like... What are you doing? Where are, like, why are you here? By the way, sorry about your husband's death. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, this guy sorry is. Sorry your husband's died, but leave me alone. Yes. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> oh, one thing I did note in this uh, this beginning scene is like the running animation with yeah, the mouse. Yeah. It's like, oh my god, I can't, I can't even imagine like how they probably studied mm-hmm. how mice move. But I was just like, whoa, that was really realistic. I love how they use, like, running... Like, they keep to the animal's actual nature. Yeah. In this movie, like, mm-hmm. the way they move... There, there's points where, yeah, they are kind of very human-like, but then there's also points where they sort of go back to their 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 roots of being that animal. Yeah. So those running scenes mm-hmm. that you see... Like, I love the fact that we see Mrs. Brisby run, and she's not running like a person. Yeah, and, you know... Um, yeah. Like, you were mentioning Rescuers before. It's a very uh, stark contrast. That was, like, one of the first things I noticed. That Mm -hmm. the animals, they're anthropomorphized, but they also move like the animals they are. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting. Um, It's an interesting animation choice. But uh, Mr. Ages, through the conversation between Mr. Ages and Mrs. Brisby, we find out that her child, Timothy... Has a fever. Uh, he's suffering from pneumonia. Little Timmy. <laughs> and I just hate that name. <laughs> like, I'm so, I'm Honestly, just... every kid that is like terrible, I call them Timmy. Like their name is just Timmy. Like, <laughs> oh <my God. laughs> Are you a terrible child? <laughs> Your name is Timmy. <laughs> it doesn't matter what you identify as. Not just, at all. You're just Timmy. Even if you're female, you're Timmy. <laughs> uh, and so. Uh, Mr. Ages does give her, um, what was it, like tea? It's an herb it's mix, an herb. Or mix of yeah. herbs, and also magic, I guess. It sparkled for a minute, and I was yeah. like, what the fuck? It, well, it's, it's medicine. It's medicine. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's an medicine. elixir. Yes. <laughs> he gives this to her. He tells her, uh, Timothy can't move from... The three weeks, yeah. From mm-hmm. the bed from three weeks, and then he gives her the medicine, and he basically shuts the door and... In her, her face. face. Yep. <laughs> so she starts heading home, and that's when she runs uh, across this. Is he a also, he's we, a, uh, oh, oh, Go ahead. Before we move on, so, like, this whole idea of going to a neighbor and, you know, mm. asking for help from a neighbor, that doesn't happen anymore. I would no, be terrified. It yeah. It doesn't. You would never go to your neighbor and be like, oh, my God, my child's sick. Can you help me? Like, I don't care if your neighbor is, like, the best neurosurgeon in the world. Nobody goes to their neighbor, you know? Oh, you know what? It's funny because, like, in the 90s, people would get excited about getting a knock. Last week, my boyfriend and I were just, like, chilling at home. We get a knock on the door, and we're like, what the hell? We have to go in pants, like, this ain't the 90s. What's going on? What is this coming unannounced? Yeah. yeah. Give nobody... us a text, Brock. Something. <laughs> I think it must have been some solicitor, because by the time we got our pants on and ran to the door, it was, like, no one there. But anyways, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's very quaint yeah, how Mrs. Brisby goes to her neighbor. It's a very telling scene of yeah. the time. 
Yeah. Uh, but yes. So then, as Carrie said, we, we run to the crow. The crow. I think he's a crow. He's Raven? A crow. crow? Yeah, I think he's Some a crow. Some sort of blackbird. Yeah, something like that. But he's uh, his name is Jeremy, and he is clueless as fuck. So he's <laughs> tangled in these uh, strings, uh, and she, she finds him, and she wants, she wants to help him. Yeah, sort of, I can't tell if she, she wants to help him or she's just like. I think it's you're just pathetic. her nature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think it's just her nature. She's just this nice little mouse, and she's like, she sees somebody in need, and so she's going to help them regardless. Uh, she's almost like defined by her motherhood. Yeah, that's what because I was like yeah. she's gonna see somebody in trouble. She's like, like even the way that she talks to Jeremy, you're, she's just like, you're a petulant child. And I have to distract, distract you. Yeah, she does. <laughs> she she does the thing, the like diversion. Yes, yes, <laughs> all That's the time. True. Yeah, I mm-hmm. I thought it was very interesting that like the protagonist is so maternal. Yes, and you mm-hmm. don't really see that ever. <laughs> you don't, and that I think that's so interesting about this film is that at a time when like this movie went up against. E.T. and Tron. Oh, it, that's yeah. what it was opening up against. And, mm-hmm. you know, it didn't make too much in the box office. I think over the whole time it was like something around 17 to 15 million. Yeah. But at the same time, this was a movie about a mom in a time where nobody gave a shit about moms. Yeah. yeah. Nobody cared. And mm-hmm. to have like a woman as your main character was big. But and not only a, a female protagonist, <laughs> but a female protagonist who is defined by like. She is a mother. Yeah. She takes care. Like, that's what drives her. She's such a maternal, compassionate character. I'm trying to remember if this movie passes the Bechdel test. Yeah, because I think the, shrew. the Shrew. Yeah, the I love her. Okay, so we'll get to her. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so anyway. Okay, so, uh, Jeremy is caught in, like, a bunch of strings, uh, and uh, Mrs. Brisby tells him, be quiet, dragon will hear you. Dragon's the cat. Yes. A big, fat, ugly cat. <laughs> yeah, cat this not... cat is not cute, man. <laughs> yeah, this cat isn't even a cat. Like, I don't know what it is. <laughs> I don't know what it is about Don Bluth movies, but cats just sound like monsters. Every or single no meow ever. Like the only cat I can think of that actually sounds okay is Banjo what from the Woodpile Cat American and, and Cat Our Wall. Yeah, but he's yeah. He's, he's not even. Cat like he's like a furry he's human, like a dog. <laughs> he would be so offended. <laughs> he would be so offended. But he is. <laughs> so Jeremy's caught, and uh, he hears like he hears dragon coming, and he's scrambling, but he's making so much noise. And Mrs. Brisby is saying, "Be quiet, dragon's gonna hear you. Stop." As a child. I really hated bumbling idiot characters, and I hated this character. I was but like, also, like, what is with Don Bluth and bumbling idiot birds? <laughs> because birds, birds kind of are bumbling idiots. <laughs> oh, come on. It's, like, a very tropey thing to have the wise owl. But then at the same time, he has his, That's like, true. derpy crow. Or, like, his derpy, like, you know, in uh, Thumbelina. That's true. The but... Rock, the birds in Rock-A-Doodle aren't droopy, right? Oh, some of them are. Some, some of them are. <laughs> yeah. It's that, that very nerd. We'll get to it. We'll get to it. But yes, as a child and as an adult, this scramble gave me anxiety. <laughs> a lot of movie, a lot of things in this movie gave me anxiety. Mm-hmm, uh, yeah. Dragon comes and she uh, loses uh, the medicine. 
that Mr. A just gave her mm-hmm. uh, in trying to get away from this cat. And uh, Jeremy finds it, and he actually, like, she's crying. She thinks she's lost it. She's like, oh, my God, no, Timothy. And then Jeremy uh, reveals that he had the medicine for her. Yeah. I'm just like, you're a dick. He didn't well, know he, he had it, though. Oh, he yeah. didn't? Because no, I was in there like, is he holding this back he gives it to her, and then she's like, oh, you have it. And he's like... Yeah, okay. totally knew this whole time. Yeah, but I don't <laughs> think he took it from her. Okay, no, okay. Yeah, he, he, he didn't. Yeah. Know. All right, I didn't. But he is a bumbling idiot. I feel like Jeremy is every thirsty, nice guy I've ever met. Uh, yeah, yes, because right. in the scene, he also talks about how he's trying to attract a mate and he's trying to find uh, the the right girl. Mm-hmm. And. Uh, what was it? He, he he was like, I'm building a nest and it's gonna be nest. a love nest for us. And he, she's like, Oh, you have a lady. And he's like, like Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> <laughs> and then he asks her for help. Like, you were a girl once. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought that was kind of cute. Yeah, I thought it was kind of cute. There was also one thing that I noticed about him was that, uh, like, I keep like, is this a thematic thing with the string? Like, he's always with String. Like, there's mm, always yeah. String with him. And then another thing I was thinking about with him is that... Damn it, I lost it. It was right there. And I lost it. <laughs> ah! Our brains work? are not as young no, and as springy. They really aren't. I'm mad about it. Well, <laughs> anyway. if it comes back. Oh, that's what it was. Oh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so, Jeremy's whole want there of mm-hmm. wanting to find a mate was not in the book originally. It's actually yeah. something that... Uh, Don Bluth and uh, Gary put into the film because he didn't have a motivation in the oh. book. He was just sort of there, and they were like, he needs something. Yeah. He has to have some purpose other than to help at one point. That's okay. smart writing. <laughs> I yeah. think that's very smart writing. That's a good addition. Yeah. And, Even um, if he is a bumbling idiot. But. And they're really good at keeping him on par with what his motivation is. Yes. Because like he's constantly, she's like, oh, I gotta move my house. Oh, I gotta take care of my kids. And he's like, <laughs> Yeah, but you gotta be my wing woman. <laughs> He's like, yeah, but do you know anyone? Yeah, you <laughs> got friends. Uh, I have friends. I've been Mrs. Brisby to Jeremy. I've had my oh friends gosh. who have begged me to help them with their girl problems and trying to find a girlfriend. It's yeah. I was like, huh? Flashes. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying I can relate. So anyway, mm. we move on from Jeremy, and we actually head home, and this is where we meet uh, the, kids. the kids. It's whose names I can't familiar. It's Pink Bow, the male, and then the blue one. <laughs> Pink Bow, the male, and the blue one. And Timmy. Timmy. And I cannot remember what their names are. Okay, the, the, I think the blue, the blue one is um, Cynthia? Is I would not, I, don't, I would not know. Anyways, we're gonna have to look we'll this figure up. it out. <laughs> the but. boy is kind of a jerk. Okay, so I had a point about that because yes. it's a conflicting thing when I see that in movies because it's very much so like the beginning of Home Alone. Yeah. Where um, Kevin McAllister is kind of a little jerk, but as soon as his uncle calls him that, it's like, how dare you? So it's like, oh. on one hand, uh, in this case, this kid was being really a brat. He really was being a brat. Mm-hmm. And, but 
at the same time, Auntie Shrew as an adult crossed the line. Auntie Shrew as an adult? She crossed the line? She crossed the How line so? by, like, you don't talk to a kid uh, on the same level like mm-hmm. that. Like, you don't talk to a kid and start arguing back with a kid oh, yeah. and trading <clears throat> insults with a child. That's yeah, true. like, you know? there's, like, you're, a, you're the adult, you should be above that. Yes. Yes. What did she say again? I forgot. She said you're a petulant brat or something like that and he's like you're a lousy loud mouth or something like like like, swapping like on one hand i can see both their points because he is a brat and she is a jerk so like (laughs) i don't know who to side with here it's like you're both correct exactly (laughs) so it's it's really like how do you even sort out that that kind of thing yeah Yeah. so anyway auntie shrew is there to tell mrs brisby that moving day is coming and moving day is when everybody goes from the field into the unknown i guess uh to live in the unknown because the field is being plowed and it's dangerous to be there i get it but why don't they just why live in the field at all (laughs) like i i I don't understand like how does it work uh um, I mean, they be, they be they're animals. Off? They didn't get that nim juice. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's more like that was their home in the first place. Yeah, oh, true. maybe. And okay. so, like, yeah. moving day means they're leaving their home, but mm-hmm. they're going to prolong that as much as possible. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's kind of human nature to do that, too. Like, I people, guess it's true. You know. yeah. So my first impression of Auntie Shrew is that this lady is a bitch. <laughs> Yeah, but but you start I to start like later. her later, which I have comments yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so then um, we get to see uh, this song number uh, where when Mrs. Brisby goes into the bedroom to see Timmy and to give him the medicine. That kid looks sick. Yeah, like I mean, it was pneumonia. I mean, no, I'm just thinking like, they who did the animator do? They use the colors oh, really well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. There's actually uh, something that Don uh, was. I heard him talk about at one point where he was saying it's the orchestration of color, and it's like if you don't have the correct color scheme in your film, it will kill it. So mm. it can look great, but if you don't have the right color, you're screwed. And um, I think the color within all of his movies, but especially Nim, is just gorgeous. Yeah, it was like it was taken up a complete, like, ten notches Mm -hmm. in this movie. Yeah. Like, Timothy is green. Mm -hmm. He's sickly looking. He's, like, those sickly colors. Yeah. Um, You'll notice that his siblings are all, like, with the exception of the smallest one, sort of, like, more warmer shades. Yeah. And uh, his mother is a really warm shade of brown. Mm-hmm. She's wearing a red cape. Yeah. Most of the background is like green and yeah. like yellow. Like again, colors that make you feel sick. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's so, true. Yeah, yeah, and this movie is extremely dark, and yeah. it's on purpose. And he mm-hmm. uses these colors to push those boundaries of darkness and yeah. like make you feel the anxiety make you feel what she's feeling yeah. mm-hmm. and the despair and everything so one of the things about the scene as after you know it was the camera sort of pulls back and you see sort of the the, the fireflies in the uh in the film uh over mm-hmm. the, that beautiful background and one of the things i have to remember every single time i see the firelight or the fireflies or any of those sparkle sparkles, I have to remember they hand cut. 
yes. all of the gel, <clears throat> all of the cells, so that oh, the yeah. the the light would actually come through with gel colors. And I'm just like, that is insane. Whoa, that was one of the yeah. things that, like, when I was we were watching the movie, I was like, can you imagine painting all of this by hand? Yes, and but then cutting it out, cutting it by hand. <laughs> and, Putting it all together by hand. (laughs) By the way, for the artists, for the non-artists who are watching, and I only bring this up because a lot of my non-artist friends are in disbelief that each frame is actually hand-drawn and hand-painted. Yes. Mm -hmm. um, You know, before a certain point. Yes, each cell, each frame is hand-painted. Each of those backgrounds. Every single thing. They didn't have Toon Boom and, like, all these fancy, like, animation programs that you could just, like, assemble things together and, like, you can't paint digitally back then Mm -hmm. like that. So there's a very interesting picture that you might find of Don Bluth online where you see a small stack by his feet and then there's a huge, gigantic stack all the way up to, like, his eyeballs. Oh, my God. And that is the same amount of time done with different, uh, different, um, like, a different, no, like, different qualities. So the one that only goes up to about his ankle, that's, like, Scooby-Doo style animation. Mm, the uh-huh. stuff that goes up to his yeah. eyeballs are, the, that's feature shoot, the feature-length animation stuff that he was doing with Nim. So wow. it was, like... The difference in just quality and drawing yeah. and just how mm-hmm. much it is is insane. So. For uh, a feature movie, it's 24, 25 frames per second? Back then, or... I think it was 24 frames per second. Yeah, okay. I think it was. It's yeah. different now. I think it's more like 60 frames per second. Even hand-drawn? But no. No, no, no. Oh, yeah, yeah, okay. Like, it, it, but yeah, uh, it, the HD quality yeah. has actually pushed that. That's like, true. Far. Yeah, I, like, non-animation geeks or, like, non-artists... I remember I was, uh, this is like a quick story, but uh, I remember getting into an argument with this guy who was like, no, that's not true. It's not 25 frames per second. Like, yes, it is. Like, no, it's not. Yes, it is. I'm like, why are you fucking arguing with me? <laughs> okay? Like, I'm a huge animation nerd. I know way more than For you For context, this. every frame is an image. Yes. And if you can't imagine 25 images in a second, mm-hmm. then, like, can you imagine 30? Like, that's right. yeah. every single time we up that. Like, you can't really, like, doing yeah. even 25 frames every single, like, you know, every, just every Play second. Right you know how many seconds are in a movie? <laughs> it's right. actually 30 frames per section, not 24. Okay. Oh, okay. It used to be 24, yeah. but it is now 30. Yeah. So, <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Anyways, so uh, we cut to a scene with the humans. Uh, so we kind of overhear the humans talk about strange rats on the farm. Yeah. So mm-hmm. kind of get a little tease. And they're there. just like yanking their extension cords. <laughs> like... <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> like it. That's mine. Mm-hmm. Yoink. Then it uh, becomes the next day, and all of a sudden, Brisby hears something in the distance. Mm-hmm. She hears the actual tractor or mm-hmm. plow. It's the actual tractor, and that tractor was uh, live action recorded and rotoscoped. Oh, so, okay, cool. What's, then, oh, for the non-animators, what's rotoscoping? Okay, so for non-animators, rotoscoping is basically where you take uh, you take live action film, and then you redraw it frame by frame. Like you just trace it? <clears throat> you basically yeah. trace it, yeah. yeah. So uh, a lot of traditional animation actually uses that. So like uh, mm-hmm. an example from Disney would be um, Cruella DeVille's car oh, in the okay. 101 Dalmatians. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes it's used for like vehicles or uh, 
moving objects that are solid that aren't actually characters themselves. Uh, yeah, that makes sense. Um, I mean, they do with characters too sometimes. Sometimes, yeah. All right. Um, uh, so, moving day has come much earlier than expected, and Brisby, Mrs. Brisby, and uh, Auntie Shrew start freaking out. Especially mm-hmm. Auntie Shrew. She's running uh, <laughs> across the field. She's telling everyone to get out. Moving day's here. Um, she, again, she freaks out. And, but she's also, like, even though she's panicking, she's also trying to help Mrs. Brisby and her mm-hmm. kids get mm-hmm. out of there. Yeah. And I think that's when you really start to see that Miss... Miss um, Shrew, or uh, Auntie Shrew, yeah. is not the bad character yeah. that you think she is at the beginning. But you know what she makes me think of? She makes me think of that like really bitchy friend who's sweet and giving on the inside. <laughs> like she at her core cares and she gives, yeah. but. She kind of has a bitchy exterior. She kind of like is sort of like blunt. you forgot your coat. She's oh. just <laughs> here's my coat. How can she's... I keep telling you about like you're this. an idiot? <laughs> How do you forget your coat? Here's my coat. Yeah, <laughs> she's like that bossy, like nosy neighbor, but she honestly cares about everybody's well being. She's a time. Slytherin. Mm-hmm. She's mm... no, she's a Slytherin. She's good at her core, but she's gonna be very upfront about it. And she's going to be very in your face about what you're doing wrong. I don't agree, but okay. okay. Listen, he is very anti-Slytherin. Oh, okay. I am not. Somehow oh we're God. still friends. I'm a Slytherin. What? My boyfriend's a Slytherin. I can't be anti-Slytherin. Your boyfriend, not friends. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so, anyways, um, uh, I think I had missing notes here. But uh, Auntie Shrew... Is it Auntie Shrew who tells her to go see the Wise Owl? Yes, it is. But one of the things I want to touch on before that is... um, So Mrs. Brisby is desperate. Absolutely freaking desperate to save her son, who is still in the thing. And so there's this moment where they have a tractor scene where Mrs. Brisby just dives into the tractor and is like, I've got to stop this. Yes. Oh, Um, my God. How could I forget that? Yes. So in everyone's, like, running from the field... And Auntie Shrew's like, where are you going? Mrs. Brisby is running towards the tractor. And she's like, I gotta stop it. It's like, yeah. what? <laughs> what are you doing? And then she gets in there and she's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> and, so, and so Auntie Shrew has to become the OG for a second. And just like wrecks house inside this tractor. Oh, yeah. yeah she did do that, yes. She's like tearing away cables. Like... All Break the stuff. Yes. Like, like if, I really. What is electricity? <laughs> okay, what is electricity? I don't know. Maybe this will mess things up. But at the same time, one of the things I notice is that okay, I find it very interesting that in the rescuers down under, there's a very similar scene. <gasps> You're right. That does something very similar, yeah, and I'm just when like, they, um, McLean, M- McLeach. McLeach has like this huge machine, and then like the yeah, you're right. His and beast he, run. Yep. Yeah, and then like the the mice are like running on the uh, the tracks and and like the machinery. Do you remember that? No, I don't remember okay. anything from the rescuers <laughs> okay. down under. So. Well, there's a very similar scene. Yeah, there's a very very similar scene, and part of me is just going, is this is this Disney being petty? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's moments where I'm just like, damn, this uh, came before. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. It's a good point. Yes. Um, and then, then Auntie Shrew. Well, oh, first of all, Auntie Shrew 
goes in there, even though she's terrified, she helps Mrs. Brisby. She's a ride or die bitch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She is Mrs. Brisby's best friend. <laughs> uh, and uh, Auntie True is the one who tells her to go see the wise owl. Right? So here's something that I have a question about. Because as we're seeing Auntie True telling her you should go talk to the wise owl, um, we're seeing it through Nicodemus's like, gyro globe thing Mm -hmm. and so there's a point where he's like putting his arms up and saying go go and I'm like (laughs) so did she decide to go or did Nicodemus like put a spell on her to go I don't think that's how it works because I I think he was more like yes that's a good idea you should go I didn't get the impression that he had magical power like I guess my concern here is like with he definitely had but not like controlling yeah i don't think he was controlling like i'm trying to figure out was this mrs b's decision or not Uh, because that's the part i'm not sure about because mm. that whole scene sort of makes me question whether it was her decision or whether it was nicodemus casting some kind of spell though if it was a good if it was a good spell she would not have been anywhere near as terrified as she was that's true yeah i don't think that it was him casting a spell okay also, so we're going to talk to the owl, and we're riding on Jeremy's, uh, Mrs. B is riding on Jeremy's back, and she's going to talk to this owl. Uh, it's really, really creepy. There's cobwebs everywhere. Yeah, this was the oh, part that that yeah. terrified me as a kid. <laughs> like, okay, this so was the, the part? This was the part. Okay, interesting. This environment, like, how would you describe it? It's, like, moldy. Like, you're at the um, the edge it's of like a he's burrowed moldy. into... A I, decaying tree, right? Yeah, like a decaying tree. Yeah, something? it's like a decaying yeah. tree. And I don't know what it is about this owl, but he needs to clean his house. <laughs> like, yeah. he needs that lady it's from Netflix. Cobwebs everywhere. <laughs> Marie Kondo. <laughs> 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 She's cobwebs. Do they bring you joy? <laughs> and he's like, well, I got one as a cape, so kind of. <laughs> All these bones, do the they spider. bring you joy? Does All it bring it? you joy? No. And he's like, no. <laughs> Smash. Yeah, dude. Okay, so we're seeing Mrs. Brisby go through this, like, very, um, th- like, it's, it's a very atmospheric, like, it's an aged... Like old you know, creepy. It has a feeling of the original like Ralph Bacci Ralph Hobbit. Bacci, yes. Like it feels that, very Ralph Bacci. Yeah, like just real like dark and like these Wait, muted colors. For anybody and... who doesn't under uh, know uh, Bakshi, Bakshi is the guy who did the original animated Hobbit. Um, he is yes. also the guy who did Fritz the Cat. Um... He's the guy who did a bunch of animated pieces that were not for kids <laughs> that confused a lot of people in the he 80s. He also yeah. did the old uh, wa- uh, water... Ship down. He oh. also did the old water ship down. Yeah. I think that's actually his best work, but anyway, we'll keep moving. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, so when we, first of all, the intro to the wise owl is terrifying. We see the spider coming at uh, Mrs. Mrs. Brisby. And all of a sudden, a freaking owl foot comes down and crushes that spider. Yeah. And yeah, like, we see goo Bird out from yes, the body. it what was the so gruesome. Like this, disgusting. Um, I was like, I don't remember so, that. <laughs> yeah, so you see spider guts. I mean, like that's just that's like the intro to guys get ready. There's gonna be blood in this yeah, one. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. I was kind of surprised at how graphic it was, but yeah, yeah you're right. It was like the intro. Is like this is gonna get gruesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
And, uh, and the camera pans up, and Al's head is completely upside down. So it just adds to, like, the creepiness and the, uh, uh, mm-hmm. you know, just... Otherworldliness. Like, yeah. He was almost sinister looking, and then he has the glowing eyes, and um, you don't realize until later when you see Nicodemus, mm-hmm. and you know that it's Nicodemus, because mm-hmm. they don't reveal that until way later. That, yeah. like, it's kind of a symbol of these old, wise characters. Yes. Mm. So, like, anybody okay. with glowing eyes, most likely he has some sort of magical aspect to him. Wait, but, but Dragon had, like, a glowing eye, right? No, it was just no, a yellow eye. he just had just a yellow, yellow eye. eye. Yeah. Uh, um, <laughs> just a basic yellow eye. <laughs> so, I, one of the things I want to say here is that Nicodemus and the Great Owl, we mm-hmm. did find out later, are good friends. Mm-hmm. They must go to the same nail stylist. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so in the beginning, Your hands like, are janky. <laughs> yeah, oh my god. In the beginning, Nicodemus's hand as he's writing in the scroll, like his nails are disgusting. His nails are so long and they're like gray. And yeah, the I didn't even think about that, but the owls they also are the same. Yeah. Yeah. yeah and his right. hands right. are the same. There's even like the boil things on them. They're so they be a It's kind of like if you see like um, older people who are just not kept up. Nobody's helping them mm-hmm. keep themselves up. Mm-hmm. And you, they have like these long, just like rigid, yeah. yellowing nails. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, good observation. So anyway, the, the owl tells uh, Mrs. Brisby, well, you should go hang out with the rest of them. Talk to them. Well, before that, oh, uh, yeah. he's <laughs> he like, go, go away, miss, like, go away. So leave. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> leave, mouse. He and then uh, he's like, what? Mrs. Jonathan Brisby? Yeah, he doesn't want anything to do with her until she, uh, he's like, okay, thanks, bye, Mrs. What's your name? And she says, Brisby. And then that's when yeah. he's interested. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it's a very patriarchal animal society it really is every male is condescending as fuck there's a lot of like misogyny Mm -hmm. um thrown in here and then a juxtaposition of that of her being this amazing main character who's like brave and like i love it yeah so i almost wonder if that was the point i think so the strength of women in spite of men yeah yeah so true very true. So one of the things I did remember is like we t- you hear about Jonathan Brisby and she's like, how do you know Jonathan Br- my my husband? And he's like, I don't like everybody keeps talking about her husband and she's like, how do I know? How do you know? And at this point, I'm just sitting here going, did you know your boo? <laughs> <laughs> at all? Well, uh, that's interesting. You saw it that way. I was thinking Jonathan must be shady as fuck because why is it he yeah. telling his wife this shit? We find out later, but But yes, yes, yes. We'll get to that. (laughs) Um, But yes, so then when the owl finds out who she is, uh, he tells her to go to the rats. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does he tell her that it's in the rose bush? Yeah, it is in the rose bush. And to see Nicodemus. That's where she first learns Nicodemus' name. Mm -hmm. Yes, and he's the leader of the rats. Mm -hmm. Yes. So then they go to the rose bush, right? Mm -hmm. And... And... Uh, what was it? Let's One see. of the rats tries to kill her, and they never address that again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, okay. i sorry. I misread my notes. Before they even get to the rose bush, uh, Brisby and Jeremy, that crow, uh, sneak around to try to get to the rose bush. 
I was also very annoyed as a child at Jeremy at this point. Like, oh my god, stop tripping! Stop! Like, don't look at the cat! Like, get away from it! Like, that's the part, like, the rosebush is so far away from where the cat is. It's like, you can literally go in a straight line the other way. Yes. Yeah, so, uh, for those of you who don't remember the scene, uh, what happens is Jeremy is in, like, a woman's blouse. Or like, something. he's all, he's all tangled up in there he gets tangled a lot uh he <laughs> wa- like he like stumbles over he crashes over he trips over the cat he mm-hmm. looks at the cat he's allergic to cats by the way we established this in the beginning <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, and he's like he's about to sneeze but he stays near the cat <laughs> oh my gosh yeah he does i was just like get the fuck out of there man <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so then they go to um oh and and uh uh, as Jeremy and Mrs. Brisby are talking, Mrs. Brisby uses her feminine charm to manipulate him I mean, into watching her children. Into watching her, like, you should be domestic. Yeah, I can be domestic. Kids <laughs> like me. <laughs> I love it. I was like, I love Mrs. Brisby. She's my fave. <laughs> uh, she goes into the thorn, sh- uh, the rose bush. And she's walking through, like, a very, like, bright and, like, sparkling, very lush uh, pathway inside. Well, before she gets to lush pathway, it's, like, actually a little bit darker. A little bit darker, yes. Thorny Mm -hmm. and just, like, she gets chased by that rat. Mm -hmm. Brutus, that's Um, the name. Brutus. Oh, the guard rat! Dude! Yeah! Okay, the guard rat starts fucking stabbing at her he doesn't speak the entire time and she's just telling him oh uh um i'm here for nicodemus and he just like takes her his spear and starts stabbing at her yeah oh. he is like after her and uh kind of touching on uh d's comment about the uh the color scheme mm-hmm. it like we see like this lush golden and green environment turn red all of a sudden yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, a lot of like, like you wouldn't like, be anywhere near as worried about her. Like imagine that same scene, but with the backgrounds as bright and colorful. As yeah, that's, like that's it true. just would have completely mm-hmm. killed it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's uh, that's one of the things I found very interesting. about It, it. also helps her stand out because she's in yeah. red, and it's mm-hmm. just like bam, there she is, yeah. and then it all starts turning red. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Definitely. Uh. So then we meet uh, Mr. Ages. So she's, like, thrown out, and then Mr. Ages comes around, and he's, like, hobbling on a broken leg. And uh, she's like, what are you doing here? And the whole time, you know, says, I need to see Nicodemus, and I saw the great owl. And the whole time, Mr. Ages is like, nobody sees the great owl. Like, it's completely missing the point. He's completely there, sitting like, nobody sees the great owl. And she's like, no, listen to me. Mm-hmm. I need I need to see Nicodemus. And he's like... Yeah, but the owl? <laughs> She's got, like, woman struggles all the way through. You are not listening to me. Yeah. <laughs> you would just listen. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, so he, he's, so, he's, like, shocked that she spoke to the great owl. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it leads right into, like, well, first we meet Justin. Jonathan, or Justin. Justin. Who she yes. was totally trying to give the cookies to. <laughs> so Justin comes in. He's a very charming rat. At first he, like, sneaks 
in on Mr. Ages, and mm-hmm. you know they're just playing around. But uh, Justin was a very like like uh, how would you describe him? He's Robin Hood mixed with Thomas yes. O'Malley. Oh my god! He reminds Perfect. me of like well, it was Robin Hood, and then he reminds me of uh, Captain what's his name from um, Hunchback. Oh, Phoebus. Phoebus. Yeah. That's another good that. thing for him. One of the reason why I say Robin Hood and O'Malley mm-hmm. uh, from Aristocats is that he does the head bubble. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and every single time I saw every single time I saw the head bubble, I was like, Don learned that from Milk Call. Oh. oh <laughs> for anybody cool. curious, uh, the head bobble is when think about um when Tigger is talking about himself in a very self-assured way, like, and he sort of wags his head around, <laughs> or um, another good example is Sher Khan when he's talking to Ka and yeah. waggles his head. Yeah. Uh, the same mm-hmm. thing happens. Like Milk Call does that hammy, like confident guy really well, oh and I know that that he was like that was his signature, and so to see that used in a non-Disney, non-Milk Call thing is just uh-huh. so cool to me. Okay. So, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. Yeah. That's so interesting. <laughs> Even Robin Hood had the same thing. Yeah, I remember that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I'm picturing it now. Yeah. Uh, that's a really cool. But yeah, uh, Justin and Mrs. Brisby are totally flirting. Mm-hmm. And by the way, as a child, that really confused me. Because I, <laughs> as a child, I thought, like, you could only fall in love with one person ever. Oh. <laughs> so I was like... <laughs> I literally wrote the note for that as Miss Brisby tries to get her groove back. Because, <laughs> like, they do a good job of showing her as this grieving widow, and, like, you really yeah. feel her, like, you really do. her sadness uh, and her missing her husband. And then this guy comes along, and she's just like, you just see it. She's like, damn, this is like, yeah. a good looking dude I've seen in a long time. Yeah. Like, but he's not, like, being super, like, imposing or He's creepy. not. Yeah, he's not. Yeah. He's, he's very not charming. He's not overly, like, flirting with her necessarily. Honestly, she, I think she flirted first. Yeah, he it put, was more he's look, her she's flirting at her. with him. Yeah. And she's just, like, staring hard at him. He's like, what are you looking at? And he's, she's like, the lights. <laughs> nice, nice save, Mrs. B. You ain't fooling nobody. Yeah, but she actually says beautiful, and he's like, he does. She's like, girl, you ain't fooling nobody. Um, so they, uh, let's see. Oh, they go into like the council. Oh, they go into a council, and what was it? Uh, what? Oh. Uh, they yeah. go into the council, and they're all, like, all the rats are discussing, um... Whether like, they should move. Yes. And whether they should uh, be stealing electricity from uh, the farmer. Right. So as they've gained, like, this intelligence, they've also started to gain this morality. Mm-hmm. And they want to become independent of the farmer and everything around them. So mm-hmm. that's why they wanted to move to Thorn Valley. Mm-hmm. Um, and this guy, Jenner, who is our uh, antagonist, he is uh, very much interested in only keeping things to the old way. And I have to admit, every single time I heard this argument, all I could hear was climate change. Oh, <laughs> yeah. So it was sort of like, we should go the way that, you know, where we can survive and yeah. where, you know, the, the good thing to do that helps all of our survival. And then this other guy basically saying, but we've done it this way the whole time. We're fine. 
Mm. Yeah, <coughs> that's true. And that's there were true. a lot of uh, environmentalist ideas in this movie. That's mm-hmm. very true. Yeah, like yeah. in a minute we'll start talking about Nim and what mm-hmm. happened. Yeah, mm-hmm. but exactly. Uh, oh, oh gotcha. okay. <laughs> All right, D uh, or technician. <laughs> so uh, the yes, Jenner is a jerk. He's like very slimy. <laughs> I feel like he was kind of the most stereotypical thing in the movie. Yeah, Yeah, I agree. I think the antagonist was probably the weakest point Mm -hmm. in the movie. Like, I couldn't really, like, it would would have been nice to know, like, why he thought that beyond this is just the way I think. Yeah. Like, it would have been nice. I can kind of accept it as, like, I don't want things to change. I like the way things are. We live here. We don't have to build up and redo everything like a, a simple scene where we see jenner talking to his buddy about how proud he is of his home and mm. maybe why he doesn't want to leave it mm-hmm. and like you want to leave the thing that we built together like yeah. to me, I, mean, I think that would have added just proud, so much but he yeah. does kind of talk about like why would we want to leave here everything's perfect here mm. kind of like he kind of says like we have everything here yeah i mean he does Though, uh, there's one that one line that I love is that they've took the animal out of you. Ooh. Yeah. I just loved that line. Oh my gosh. I was like, ooh. <laughs> that was pretty good. Chills. That was a good line. Uh, so let's see. Um, oh, okay. So we cut to another scene where uh, Miss <laughs> or Auntie Shrew is tying up Jeremy. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Auntie Shrew is the realist. She doesn't know this bird. This bird is trying to come around <laughs> Mrs. B's children. <laughs> Like, like no. she was not having any of that. <laughs> I loved it. She's a good friend. <laughs> she is a good friend. By the way, and then uh, Miss uh, the Auntie Shrew goes away, and the kids uh, are then like, they find um, Jeremy, and they're like, "Oh, this must be the crow Mom was talking about." And then they start tickling him to get answers out, and at first he resists, but then he gives way really easily. And I have a note here: is that he would never hold up against the CIA. No, he would <laughs> not for a second. Um. Immediately, he tells the kids where Brisby has gone. He tells her yep. the rats and everything. Mm-hmm. So then we cut back to the bush, and let's. see. That's oh. where we have Nick, uh, Mrs. Yes. Brisby going to see Nicodemus. Yeah, and like when yeah. she opens that, uh, she like approaches the door where Nicodemus is, and like she opens the door and like big beams of light just radiate. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the poltergeist! The poltergeist! Scene. <laughs> so we were we were watching this movie and we were watching this moment and like she opens the door and it's like. Nicodemus's magical ejaculation. Oh my god! Oh, like, wow. It's oh just it's just poltergeist straight out of the room. Like it blows the door open, and I'm just like, what the fuck are you doing? Like Nicodemus is like sitting there, like, hey, in a throne, as though he was doing nothing, and we all know he was up to something to have that happen. Oh my god! <laughs> yes. So Nicodemus uh, tells Mrs. Brisby, "What an honor to meet." you yeah because then he of course mrs brisby has heard this before nicodemus references jonathan yet again mm-hmm. and uh this was honestly my favorite scene yeah i yeah. love this scene this is where yeah. we actually find out where the rats come from mm-hmm. and uh mm-hmm. the secret of nim the secret of nim and so uh this is where we find a reveal of nim and uh do you want to describe 
Um, um, yeah. Okay. So you said that you really liked it, D. Yeah. So this was my favorite scene because I felt so many different emotions during yeah. this scene. Mm-hmm. And they talk about um, there are all of these animals. Basically, what they're alluding to is that um, scientists are experimenting on animals, lab animals, and they inject the rats and mice that they have with some sort of serum that causes them to become intelligent and they hide their intelligence from the scientists and one day they decide to get away um almost all of the mice die except for nicodemus and mr ages who um it was nicodemus who ended up saving all the rats I mean, not Nicodemus. Sorry. (laughs) Jonathan. (laughs) Jonathan and Mr. Ages. Jonathan and Mr. Ages. Jonathan was the one who saved them in the first place because they were stuck. Uh, There was a latch that they couldn't get open um, to get out of the lab. And Jonathan was the one who actually got them out. So this is why Jonathan keeps getting brought up, why he's this big Mm -hmm. hero to them. Yeah. And then... um, Eventually, you find out that Jonathan was actually helping them and trying to get rid of the cat and trying to poison the cat, which, you know, is not really gr- a they great thing either. They were poison. They were saying drugged. They were trying to roofie the cat. They were trying to drug <laughs> the cat? I don't know. I, um, I'm pretty sure they were poisoning the cat. And they were probably looking for a long-term solution. Yeah, so they're trying to get rid of the cat, period. Yeah. And, um... That's how Jonathan dies. And then you have this whole touching scene of Mrs. Brisby reading the uh, what happened to him and being like, yeah. oh, I didn't know. And you, like, she starts crying. Oh, my God, that And then, you know, I start cry. crying I in the inside. <laughs> and then you find out from Nicodemus that, you know, the same serum that made them smart make them live a really long time. Yeah. Yes. So she would have gotten old and her husband wouldn't have. And just how hard that would have been. Also, one of the things I that I was just as a side note. So I was watching this and the book floated up. And I was like, never read aloud from a book that floats. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> that's just nothing ends well that way. Nothing um, ends And she sure that's what happens in the evil dead. Like, <laughs> like everything. <laughs> um, but, yeah. Um, one of the things, you know, it's funny that you mention uh, that Don Bluth was illiterate, mm-hmm. uh, Carrie. Because in, you know, in this flashback, when Nicodemus is explaining uh, Nim, mm-hmm. they talk about how the rats learn to read. Mm-hmm. And that's when they really started being able, like, empowering the rats to escape. And now that we've gotten to this point where we know that the rats had a serum that made them intelligent, like, they, the one thing they don't really, I mean, one of the things they don't talk about is... Why is Mrs. Brisby so smart? She is extremely intelligent. I was thinking that too. Yeah. Like, I wasn't sure. Like, did those first rats breed and then, like, they be, like, the generations after that? Don't think so. Because if she was married to Jonathan, I imagine they were actually around the same age. Mm. Now, that could be one of those creepy 80s pedophilic things. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) Why would you even go there? You know, since you went there, I'll just go ahead and say it. She got it from the D. Oh, wow! wow. wow. That's all I got. I, uh, yeah, but anyway, I, I like to think that she's just hyper intelligent, and then yeah. that they didn't. 
really like touch on that. Like she yeah. she was able to learn to read from um, Jonathan. Yeah. yeah. But like, so does that mean that she's just naturally smart? Mm. And well, then like Miss uh, Auntie Shrew is also like like. I agree, actually. Like, you look at that, and then you see, like, all the rabbits that were around. Mm-hmm. And then all now, of, Now, they didn't like, talk, They didn't talk, or the other animals. Weren't... They weren't wearing clothes. Yeah. They weren't wearing clothes. Right. They didn't have any, like, glasses or anything. Yeah. They were all just animals, versus everybody else was just not. And I don't understand why. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, but before the rats become intelligent, like, they looked like rats, like the beady eyes. Yeah. But the rabbits in the beginning, like all the other animals, even if they didn't talk, they didn't have like realistic eyes. Yeah, I don't know. So I don't know. Um, I don't know. Because like they, I mean the rabbits didn't necessarily seem overly intelligent. Yeah, maybe they weren't. But like it's still like I'm curious about Mrs. Brisby and Auntie Shrew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And and Jeremy. Yeah, yeah. Jeremy too. <laughs> like where where's the line? Yeah, I don't think I don't think Jeremy got the nim juice. No, <laughs> no, <laughs> no, definitely no, not. But yes. so uh, um, it's interesting that you, originally you were, you were talking about how the owl scene scared you. So I have to admit, if there's a moment that terrified me as a kid, mm-hmm. it was this scene. Yes, because mm-hmm. for me it was just like it was the shots seeing the shots, seeing the animal, like, animals being tortured, oh, yeah. people being, like, the. Uh, for me, I was, I've, I'm very... Sensitive to animals. Sim- not even, so it's like a... Yeah. Em- empathetic. Empathetic, there's a word. Yeah. So I'm very empathetic, and to, to, like, when, you know, you saw the monkey, like, sort of cuddling oh. the other monkey, and then hearing oh. the word torture, and you're just like... Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I remember that really bothering me as a kid. Yeah. For me, that wasn't a fear, that's a sadness. Well, for, it was a sadness, like... but it was also a fear, could that happen to me? Yeah. yeah, no, that was not a, a yeah. thing that I would have ever connected. <laughs> well, the the way they shot that scene, that sequence, was kind of scary. Yeah. Like, it was, mm-hmm. like, a lot of jump cuts and a lot of, like, jumpy imagery. Mm-hmm. Like, that rat who was, like, keeling over. over and the pain and, that you saw them in, that and, was like, twitching. scary mm-hmm. And then, like, but it was also jumping back and forth in the camera. It was, like, very, uh, yeah. very jarring. This is the movie that actually made me terrified of shots. Oh huh. yeah! So when I was a kid, I my mom had to like get multiple nurses to hold me down because I thought wow. they were doing what they were doing in the Secret of Nim. I think I checked out <laughs> as a kid by the scene. Like, yeah. It was just I don't know that owl scene terrified me as a kid. I don't know if I ever actually seen the rest of the yeah. movie. Like you like checked out. I, re- I remember you know I remember Jenner. I remember like bits and pieces of the scenes after that, but. I really don't remember much. <laughs> yeah, I honestly think the last time I saw this movie was I. I think I was a teenager. I'm like 31 now. Yeah, I think I was a teenager too. Yeah. actually. Yeah. Though another quick note: um, those scientists were doing their injections wrong. Oh. <laughs> They're like shooting them in the stomach. Oh. And I was just mm-hmm. like, no. If you're a scientist and you're shooting any kind of, like, vaccine, it either goes in the leg or the butt. Ah, uh, yeah. You guys are doing it wrong. Anyway. <laughs> get your research down. Anyway. Research down. <laughs> they, that scientist didn't get the nim juice. No. <laughs> also, can I just say Jenner? When we go back to Jenner, like, uh-huh. I'm getting, like, super Radigan vibes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I mean. It's just like, But not as clean. Not as clean, no. <laughs> He's not yeah. a, he's not as upper crust, but yeah, that's he's, true. And he's that's true. It's hard to beat Vincent Price. Ah, yes, it really is hard Love to beat him. Vincent. So, for anybody curious, uh, 
uh, Radigan was the great mouse detective, and Radigan was played by Vincent Price. I yeah. think it was actually his last role before he died. Oh, but what a role. <laughs> uh, so in this scene is when we uh, learned about the... Uh, what do they call it? The stone? Is it the ruby? The stone? Uh, they just call it the stone. So it's a necklace uh, with this bright red ruby or stone, whatever. Uh, and they, uh, I think Nicodemus calls it the courageous heart, or it is yeah. attracted to courageous hearts. It only works with the courageous mm-hmm. heart. Yeah. 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 And the inscription, um, I forgot exactly what the inscription said. It says, like, you can't uh, unlock. Oh, you can unlock almost any door if you only have a key. Yeah. And you know what? Makes me think of every obscure instruction from Kingdom Hearts. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, just you tell are me. the one who will open the door. <laughs> tell me what you need me to do. Why do I have to solve this stupid riddle? <laughs> oh my gosh. You must unlock the power of awakening. <laughs> You are the key, uh, yeah. Sora. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is also the there's a around this moment. I'm trying to remember what happens. Like there's the point that Jeremy is like Jeremy shows up and he's trying to get the sparkly, and he keeps calling. I think it a that sparkly. comes a little <laughs> late. Okay. Yeah, but okay. So then we cut to Jenner, and this is where the villain reveals his secret plan. He wants when he was t- he's talking to his henchman mm-hmm. uh, was a very this henchman wasn't very henchy <laughs> like this guy I don't even think he a was friend. a solid henchman I think he thought he was Jenner's friend until yeah. Jenner was yeah. like I want to kill somebody and he was like right. mm. <laughs> like you sure you want to do that I, Jenner do we have to kill him though <laughs> <laughs> yeah so in this scene Jenner talks about like when the rats move Mrs. Brisby's house to save the kids which the house is like a concrete brick right yeah it's a cinder block it's a cinder block, and he wants the he wants to cut the ropes pulling up the cinder block to crush Nicodemus, and he's like talking about crushing his bones. It was so graphic. <laughs> yeah, I was like, jeez. And like, also on top of that, you know, when you actually get to the scene, he is really like, I think. At that time when he was talking about it, I didn't connect the dots that the children were would be inside oh, yeah, the house. Yeah, yeah. Like he has no concern about these kids or anybody else. He's just pure evil. He is He's just drunk. like I want what I want, and mm-hmm. I don't care who gets hurt. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, I now thought- he is a Slytherin. Mm. Oh, <laughs> whatever. Like <laughs> I'm just saying, he was like, "This is my plan." This is how I'm going to do it. You with me or not? <laughs> He's one of the, the super He also is with very her. cunning. Yeah. He, he is. is. Yes, true. Yeah. True. He would be in the Slytherin house. <laughs> uh, I did think it was weird that, like, we have all these J names. Jonathan, Justin, Jenner. I don't, yeah. I don't know what that was about, but I, was, I thought that was interesting. I bet one of those kids has a J name. Probably. Okay. <laughs> would also be a Slytherin, probably. Yep. <laughs> Uh, so then we see um, Justin rowing Mr. Ages and Mrs. Brisby in like a, a boat. boat. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's see. What do I have in here? And then Mrs. Brisby's like, I volunteer oh. as tribute. Yeah. <laughs> Before that, um, they talk. Uh, there is a plot point that's revealed here, and Justin talks about, um, you know, they want to live without stealing electricity. 
They don't want to just be rats. Mm-hmm. So, like, right now, the rose bush is, like, Academia, lit up. saying that. It might have been. It was both of them. Yeah. Actually. They were both on the same page there. Oh, wait. It was Nicodemus on the boat, not yeah. Mr. Ages, right? Mm-hmm. Nicodemus. Yeah, N- N- Nicodemus was on it. Yeah. yeah. Though, I'm, I'm still confused. Why did they have to drug the cat? Uh, For what purpose? I forgot. Because they kept using the word drug. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. were they? if they were poisoning it, I get it. But saying the word drug... Maybe they were... No, they were definitely trying to drug the cat at that point. Yeah. Yeah, but for what purpose? I Maybe think to... in order to move everyone out of... Oh, without getting hurt. Okay, oh, yeah. that makes okay. sense. Okay. Yes. You're right. <clears throat> so, I... Okay, first of all, so we... The boat stops, and Justin gets off. Nicodemus is still in the boat, and Mrs. Brisby uh, gets off the boat, but she wants to tell Nicodemus something, but she hesitates. She's like, oh, never mind. And she runs off. Then she, like, pauses, and then she runs back to him, and she then volunteers to help drug the cat. Yeah. And I thought, like, from an animation standpoint, that's a lot of additional frames to draw, and, like, from a, like, if you were just thinking pragmatically, it doesn't make sense to have, like, all these additional drawings, but I think it's so integral to her character Mm -hmm. she's timid but she's brave you have to show the thinking if you don't show the thinking then it Mm -hmm. comes out of nowhere um this is actually one of the cool things about uh about uh don bluth is that he is so uh, like he's an actor he loves (laughs) acting Mm -hmm. and for him one of the things that he had to do with all of his animators is he's like okay disney didn't treat didn't do us right we need to take acting classes and they were like what (laughs) <laughs> um, and so he forced them to take an acting class with a coach where they actually had to do the acting, you know, as a whole thing to figure yeah. out, okay, how would Mrs. Brisby move? What, yeah. what does it look like when you're worried? What does yeah. it look like when you're scared? Mm-hmm. What does it look like when you want to say something, but you decide not to, and then you have to turn back and say it? Like, yeah. and that is so integral to telling a good story. Especially in animation. So if you think about, like, the human eye actually sees 60 frames a second. Mm-hmm. But with the uh, animation, it's, like, 24 to 30. And I think, like, there's so much nonverbal mm-hmm. communication that has to happen. Like, Mrs. Brisby moves her hands a lot when she <laughs> speaks, mm-hmm. right? Uh, like, every emphasis in her dialogue is... Uh, accompanied by movement of the arms and i just love that scene where she hesitates and such a long hesitation like oh my god what am i about to do am i really Mm -hmm. about to volunteer for this even after she does it she says i don't know what i'm thinking yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) what am i thinking yeah and it was also interesting that you know uh, Justin is like, no, you can't do this. And then uh, Nicodemus is like, yeah, sure, if you want to. Yeah. <laughs> That's one of the things I actually really respected about him because every single male character in this film is saying what she can and cannot do, but Nicol- Nicodemus. So uh, Nicodemus yeah. is like, what do you want to do? And I think that's really, then, really crucial. And um, now, is it because he can see the future or he can see things mm. that are happening or whatever? Or is it because he really is just like, I believe in you. You got a courageous heart. I mean, I don't think he can see into the future, but he definitely can see the present. At least. And so he maybe, can see the past. Maybe she, he has seen Mrs. Brisby and he knows that she's courageous in her heart. 
Yeah. He was probably sitting in front of that play, that thing, like eating popcorn, watching her in the tractor. Yeah. <laughs> <Just> like, <laughs> you got it, but <laughs> you got it. maybe I should talk to Mrs. Tr- Auntie True. Yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, okay. So Carrie, this is mm-hmm. the part where um, Jeremy. Mrs. Frisbee runs into Jeremy again, and Jeremy notices this sparkling ruby around her neck now. Oh, by the way, Nicodemus gives her uh, that necklace. And Jeremy is like, he sees he sees it and he starts freaking out like, ooh, sparkly! I want the sparkly! <laughs> he gets way too close. He gets, he gets so like close. Gollum close. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I didn't even think about that. There's even a moment where he like gets so close to her, he's almost like... On top of on her? On top of her, and I'm like... He oh. is, yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, personal bubble. What the fuck? I'm just like, please kick him, Mrs. B. <laughs> He's like, I don't know what his deal is, but he's really, like, entranced by that stone. And it's so weird, because there's points where, like, there's an oddly sexual, like, undertone to it. Because he's, like, looking right at her boobs. Yeah, I kind (laughs) of read it that way, too. It was kind of creepy. But maybe it's because we're adults and we're, you know, not innocent anymore. Um. (laughs) We're in a post-Me Too environment. (laughs) And that crawl was too close. Oh, my God. (laughs) Uh, yeah, it was very strange. But, you know what, maybe, uh, maybe Don Blues, like, modeled it after, like, some birds. Like, some birds actually like sparkly things. Yes, they do. Yeah, Pro- absolutely. Crows, crows like, yeah. do, for okay. sure. Okay, okay, yeah. so, that, um, that makes sense. It was very was... natural for his species thing. Yeah. <laughs> he was still too close. He was way too close, <laughs> I agree. So then, uh, the next scene, we are actually inside the human's house. Mm-hmm. Uh, and... Uh, Justin is kind of coaching Mrs. Brisby. Mrs. Brisby takes off her um, her cape or her little shawl, yeah. and she's like, "Oh my god, the animation is like she is so scared. She's shivering. She's like, he's just coaching her through it, nice and easy. And also that cape thing, because like that's one of those things that it's really rare for people to realize that capes are not practical. No, at all. At all. Very like, true. They're only practical for a character that flies. That's very true. So. Are they? Yes. And even then. Because it's like a kite. Like, you have to have a tail uh, for a kite. Oh, yeah. It's kind That's of. That's true. Yeah. Okay. okay. I can see that. Fair. I'm just thinking about Syndrome. Yes. Yeah, I'm thinking about Syndrome, too. I'm just thinking about Edna Mode saying no capes. Um, <laughs> no capes. Incredible. <laughs> uh, but, like. Justin is coaching her, and what they're trying to do is get Mrs. Brisby to go across the kitchen floor, put the poison or the drug into the, uh, the cat's food, and then to come back. And so she almost gets there. She runs <gasps> out across the kitchen and she takes the drug. She like frantically empties it into the food, and she runs back and she's almost to Justin, but then this uh, coleander comes crashing down around her uh she's trapped under a coleander by the kid the kid billy billy yep. carson billy <laughs> billy uh and oh and then this is where justin's like damn and yeah <laughs> he curses like they cuss in this movie oh i thought that was billy that cussed no, no it was, I was that justin. was oh that justin. was justin he's oh. like damn yeah and i, I was and then like, i was like where did you go 
Mm. Yeah. Like, you just left her there? So I see, like, uh, The Secret of Nim is actually rated G. Did other Disney movies around that cuss? I don't remember that. No. I wonder Not if that, that I remember. Like, I mean... Well, the rating system yeah. changed in the 90s, I yes. believe. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. All right, that makes sense. Late 90s, if I remember right. I mean, I throughout this movie, oh, no. you definitely see that Don Bluth... I mean, this is... I mean... Kids can watch it, but it's definitely a more mature story. I feel like this is yeah. a perfect movie for, like, a tween. Ah, yeah. Like, mm-hmm. if your kid is somewhere between, like, 11 to 13, they're going to love this. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just yeah. at that that cognitive place where I think they would really enjoy it and also get something out of it. Yeah. Because so much of this just flew over my head as a kid. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Same. I think that was my issue as a, you know, five-year-old kid. Yeah. <laughs> told, like, a five-year-old kid, I loved Nightmare Before Christmas. Like, I was yes, all about too. that. Mm-hmm. But this was terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, so then we see that Mrs. Brisby has been captured and put into a birdcage. Like, why do they have that birdcage? They actually, uh, it, it's under it's under in the undertone, but Billy is telling his mom, can I keep it? And she's like, just put it outside. And he's like, no, I'll keep it in, I can keep it in our old birdcage. Oh, Or, or okay. a pet's old birdcage or something I miss like that. that. Yeah. Um, so it's a kind of undertone in the background. Yeah, so the birdcage is actually hanging um, from the ceiling in the kitchen. So Mrs. Brisby is not only trapped, she's also suspended in air. Yeah. Uh... So then she overhears the farmer get a call. Uh, the telephone rings, and the farmer answers the call, and uh, it's someone from NIM, mm-hmm. the lab. Uh, and she just overhears the farmer talk about uh, bulldozing the rose bush. Um, the NIM guys are going to come and try to exterminate the rats, mm-hmm. and he's like, do whatever you need to. We want to get rid of these I rats. I love how he's like, uh, I'm not paying for it, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> As an adult, I related to that. <laughs> uh, so then Mrs. Brisby's like, oh, my God, I have to warn Justin. I have to warn Nicodemus. I got to warn everyone. So she's frantically trying to figure out a way to get out of this cage. Um, and she works for it. Oh, yeah. She works for it. Oh, like, uh, yeah. And yeah. this is the point where she's, like, trying to open, like, the cage, and there's a twist tie holding it together, mm. and it actually, like, springs back at one point and yeah. cuts her. Yeah. And we see blood, and it's <laughs> Yeah, that so, was the first drawn blood. <laughs> it's yeah. so jarring, because you don't see blood that often anymore, and it's just, like, the instant In I animation, saw it, I was yeah. just like... Wow, I forgot that was there. Yeah, like me too. oh my gosh. And uh, as she's getting out, we cut to a scene where Jenner is um, waiting as all the rats kind of form together to move the cinder block. They're getting together like the pulleys and the ropes, and Jenner is just out there with a sword, <laughs> just like in the shadows, like waiting for his chance to cut the rope. Um, and his buddy's still like, are you sure? Like, oh yeah, my God, okay. and at the last minute when he's like, cut the rope, the, like, the, the buddy does not cut the rope. Yeah. He pushes him out of the way. Yeah. Why is that guy even hanging out with Jenner? <laughs> I think it's more of a, like, association of power thing. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, maybe. Maybe. Like, mm-hmm. Jenner's very, uh, he, like I said, he's very cunning. He's very convincing. He had half of those rats already on his side about not leaving. And then... Oh, that's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so then... Uh, 
Jenner does get a chance to slice the rope, and that center block comes tumbling down, and then Justin... Children inside. Yeah, <laughs> children inside, so they're screaming, and things are catching on fire. Uh, Auntie Shrew has been knocked unconscious, and uh, Justin... You know, the, the center block has crashed down, and Justin is frantically looking for Nicodemus, and he finds that Nicodemus has been killed. Yeah. So that's pretty gruesome. Mm-hmm. Uh, then they we can't cut- only show his arm, though, so yeah. that's like... It's not as gruesome, but it's still pretty... Yeah. It's... Yeah. So... Then I feel we, like that was the most Disney aspect of anything. Like, yeah. Like, that's, that's something Disney would have done is like, here's a hint that this person's dead. The arm. arm. <laughs> <laughs> it was surprisingly safe for the <laughs> what's about to come. Yeah, <laughs> seriously. Oh, uh, yeah. Nicodemus was not going to get the spider treatment <laughs> that we saw in the great owls. Please. So then uh, we see Mrs. Brisby get out. Uh, of the cage and she runs out uh, she's like rushing out to where the other rats are then we cut to Jenner in a very like scar from Lion King scene where he's addressing all the other rats and he's telling everyone like we can't move the Brisby home and I guess like all these rats are <laughs> screw these kids I yeah <laughs> I will say like from this point on the pacing is very strange. Mm-hmm. It's a little rushed. Yeah. But, um, yeah. This part with him um, basically assuming the leadership the leadership role. immediately and then telling yeah. them how it is, how it's mm-hmm. going to be, and they just accept it. It kind of made me think of Animal Farm. Yes. And, like, yeah. you know, that way of, like, there's this one, there's a few leaders, and then, like, everybody else just kind of does whatever they mm-hmm say to do even though they all are supposed to be intelligent yeah it's kind of like a hierarchy like whoever like barks the loudest gets the you know oh Mm. yeah we got college grad (laughs) (laughs) so then uh mrs brisby breaks into like this uh, congregation and she's telling everyone nim is coming believe me nim is coming and no like some people are like, what? Oh, no, don't listen to her. Uh, She's a woman. <laughs> yeah, basically. And then uh, Jenner's like, no, don't listen to her. She doesn't know what she's saying. Like, no, believe me, Nim is coming. And then Jenner freaking pulls out his sword. And tries to kill yeah, her. Yeah, and tries to kill her in, in front, front of everybody. everybody. <laughs> and I'm just like, you're not you're not hiding yourself at this point. Like, why is everyone cool with this? <laughs> it's, mm, never mind. <laughs> <laughs> and so um let's see what did i write here uh i will say just before this where we see um is this where like mrs b is told about nicodemus dying or was that before the fight oh, i feel like that was before see. the fight because there's a moment oh yeah that i really right. really appreciated where um mr ages is telling her nicodemus is gone yeah that's before and the yeah. fight yeah mm-hmm. so that there's that moment and you can see like this this really curmudgeonly asshole kind of character it is really hurting mm-hmm. and yeah. there and she mrs brisby is a mom so what yeah. does she do she actually hugs him and he like he like snuggles into her and it's Aww. so cute and i was yeah. just like that's 
That's a wonderful moment between yeah. two characters that we don't really get to see that often anymore. That's very and true. I, love, I, yeah. I just love that moment. Mm-hmm. Especially as, like, the female character comforting, yeah. like, the male character yeah. like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Um, so, Jenner notices the stone around Mrs. Brisby's neck, and he starts slicing at her. He's like, oh, my God, I have to get that stone. Like, he's after her now, and he's, he's really coming after her. Worse than Jeremy. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Way worse. He tried to kill her. Uh, and then, oh, I thought this was a little clunky with the writing and the reveal, but, um, you know, Jenner is trying to kill Mrs. Brisby, and Justin comes to her rescue. He takes out his sword, or, no, the he guy. He a stick. A stick, And then yes. somebody throws him a sword. That, that uh, guy that... Jenner, the, the yeah, the buddy, guy. the friend of Jenner is the one who throws him a sword. Yes. Which, I was like, I thought that was an interesting twist. And just, I felt like I could kind of like it if it had more breathing room. Yeah, agreed. Because then, like, right after, Justin's like, you did it. You killed Nicodemus. I'm like, that happened a few minutes ago, man. How did you, <laughs> how did you put that together? Well, I mean, I guess he, I mean, I took it as he figured it out because of the fact that he was just willing to kill this, like, lady. That's what, that's how I took it. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, and yeah, it was such a quick admission, uh, so pacing was a little strange, but we get this big fight between Justin and Jenner. Uh, Justin then freaking stabs Jenner. And it's not like a cutaway no. and a reaction. We actually see the yeah. sword go in. And then we, we see some blood. And then as, a, like, I think Jenner is on some cliff, like, about to, like, stab, stab Mrs. Brisby Mrs. or something. Brisby or, or, uh, I think he was going to stab Justin. I think he was still going after Justin. Yeah, oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. He was about to go after Ms., uh, Justin. And then that... The henchman buddy, guy. the henchman buddy guy, yeah. he takes a freaking dagger and then flings it across <laughs> the sky. So this is something that I found really funny because it's he doesn't fling it. He does, eh. like, it's a little, like a flick, dart. Like, like, like a just, flick of the wrist. <laughs> and that thing just goes. That thing yeah. goes straight into <laughs> Jenner's back. And I was like, oh my god, this is so graphic. <laughs> <laughs> like, Jesus. So now you know the buddy didn't want to kill Nicodemus because yeah. he could have totally just yeah. killed him if he wanted to. That, that guy was secret really assassin. the hero. <laughs> that guy is a secret assassin. Yeah. Because that was be. some good aim. He was like dying or whatever and he, he got him. He got him. Uh, anyways, so then uh, Jenner dies, but the block, the cinder block is actually now sinking and Mrs. Brisby is freaking out yeah because her children are still in there and she's like panicking she's trying like she's trying to get all the other rats to pull the cinder block out but the ropes keep untying and snapping and then finally the cinder block is then completely submerged and she uh i think like in the bustle the necklace also slips off Mm -hmm. of her neck Mm -hmm. and it also sinks yeah and so justin has to pry her from, I guess, the quicksand? The, it's mud. mud. It's just that uh, yeah. there's a cave-in below it. So it's... Yeah. yeah, and so uh, Mrs. Brisby is panicking, but Justin is prying her and, like, dragging her away from the mud. And then, uh, all of a sudden, the necklace starts 
floating out, like it emerges from the mud. It's shining. It's floating towards her, and then I think like she uh, she oh, grabs it. But we then hear, it burns her. We hear Nicodemus's voice, mm-hmm. and Nicodemus yeah. Nicodemus talks about. The courage um, of heart. And courage yeah, of heart and something about courage and heart. <laughs> and stuff yeah. like that. So this is this is the part that kind of like got me a little like this is a part that felt clunky to me because I felt like outside of just the panic of being a mom, that moment she wasn't quite doing like she didn't give it all. You know, like to me it would have made way more sense if Mrs. Brisby got away from them uh, trying to 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 keep her back and just dove back in. I feel Ooh, like she yeah. was trying that though. Like I felt like it was very courageous because she was underneath. No, no, no. Them. I agree. It was a is a very courageous thing for her to do. But I think they should have done it. I think they should have let like the filmmakers should have let her do it because yeah. at that point, if they're holding her back and holding her down, she's not allowed that courageous moment. That's true. Oh, I felt I like, for me, I felt like the courageous moment was right before he was pulling her away. Yeah. She was, like, underneath the mud. Like, yeah, yeah. she was what, ready to drown with her kids yeah. trying to save them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, right. And, yeah, yeah the, uh, so she, the necklace comes to her and it um, lays, you know, around her neck and then she becomes Super Saiyan Mrs. B. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> She takes, oh, yeah, uh, as Carrie said, the necklace actually burns her at first, but then she keeps, like, holding on to it and, like, forcing it onto her neck. That's when she becomes Super Saiyan Mrs. B. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then uh, she grabs the rope, which is, there's also fire Mm -hmm. on the rope, and then through magic, like, the cinder block rises from the mud, emerges from the mud. And goes where it's supposed to. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And (laughs) basically... The end, because the next scene, we just see Mrs. B with her family, and everyone's fine. Uh, I guess they have moved. Yeah, they've moved, and then uh, one of the things I love here, again, we see her as a character, where she's being such a mom. Yes. Where Timmy's like, hey, I want to come out now, and she's like, you're not coming out. <laughs> like, you're not coming out <laughs> at all. <laughs> right. Uh, and... At this point, we get some comedy relief with Jeremy. Mm -hmm. Jeremy is still jonesing for Mm -hmm. that sparkly. Uh, And then when Mrs. B mentions Justin, uh, Jeremy is very perturbed about the mention of Justin. Mm -hmm. Is he? He was maybe not perturbed, but he he seemed concerned. I'm not sure why. Um, I don't remember her mentioning Justin. I don't remember that either. I had it in my notes. Maybe I'm crazy. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe we just have bad memory. Yeah, like, <laughs> the only thing I remember her really mentioning is, like, I thought that it was the kid that was asking about mm-hmm. the other rats, and she was like, yeah, they moved to the Thorn, to uh, Thorn Hill. And, Thorn Valley, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. Or, yeah. Um, Anyways, mm-hmm. the movie ends with that classic 80s, like, pan out, and the family's just interacting. Jeremy finds a girlfriend. Yeah, Jeremy gets a girlfriend that's as derpy as he is. <laughs> and there's like this moment where Mrs. Brisby just be athletic, Jeremy, and I'm sitting there going, like covering my <laughs> mouth like, oh. And then the kid keeps trying to come closer and I'm like, kid, don't. <laughs> don't go anywhere near the <laughs> Don't go in the bushes. <laughs> sort of like, ooh. They're canoodling in there. <laughs> and that Concludes the movie. Yeah. Indeed. So, uh, what did everyone 
think about the movie. There were a lot of, there's a lot of, like, feminine, female power, empowerment things in here, like, all the way through, like, we were, we talked about it, but, like, every single male in this movie was basically trying to hold Mrs. Brisby back and Mm -hmm. tell her she can't do things, Mm and tell her she's crazy, and tell her, like, she shouldn't be where she is, Mm -hmm. or... Like, and that whole, like, scene where she shows up at the thorn, I mean, at the rosebush, and it's all men. Mm Mm-hmm. There's yeah. not a single male. There's not a yeah. single female in there. Oh, my God. It, it is all men. And it really is like some counsel, counsel of men. Who like <laughs> that is Literally, a council of men. Yeah. As a kid, I liked Mrs. Brisby, but as an adult... I think I appreciated her a little bit more. Because, yeah. yeah, she was a strong female character, and I got that as a kid. But I, you know, as a kid, you're, like, so many animated movies uh, are about younger protagonists, and mm-hmm. it's always, like, a coming-of-age story. Mm-hmm. Yes. But Mrs. Brisby is a mature, I mean, she's a mother. She's got and, like, three, four kids. Yeah. Like, yeah. She's a freaking widow. Yeah. She has seen some shit. Yeah. <laughs> um... So I, think, I mean, like, even the way Jeremy talks to her is as if she's older, even though they don't yeah. make her look yeah. older. Right. It's right. actually interesting. Uh, one of the things that they were doing with Mrs. Brisby is that in her original character design, they had her looking a lot more like Miss Bianca. Mm. Or like the, the really round fuzzy cheeks. And the thing that kept coming oh. up was like, she doesn't look, she doesn't look small enough. By like, the way, we're talking about Mrs. Miss Bianca from The Rescuers. Yes, The Rescuers. Um, but anyway, so they had... Um, one of the things they kept doing was like, how do we make her look more fragile? Because, mm. you know, yes, she's a mouse. Yeah. But they want to be like, okay, in comparison to the other mice and the other animals, like she has to look like there's no freaking way she uh, can do yeah. this. So that's why they yeah. have her, you know, you actually notice her, her cheeks, her fur goes up, her ears are further up on the head. They're actually doing their best to elongate her and make her look a little bit more fragile. Than the others um, with that. Okay. So I thought it was kind of interesting how that worked. That is an interesting character design. Mm -hmm. Because, like, even though. Yeah, and I I love this, like, mix of timidity, but also bravery. Mm -hmm. Like, she. I mean, she dives for that tractor in the Mm -hmm. beginning, but I think it's because she's in the midst of, like, oh my god, what's happening to my son? My babies, yeah. 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 (laughs) So I I did think it was very interesting um, that they kind of went with such a maternal protagonist but yeah it's very clear that i think don bluth i i think the three of us kind of share the sentiment that like animation is a medium not a genre yes and what we mean by that is like animation is not just for like children it's not always just bouncy and happy and uh, i mean it's a powerful storytelling medium and they can tell all kinds of stories mm-hmm. um and as we've seen here, like, Secret of Nim is not, like, a happy, bouncy, you know, upbeat story. Uh, historically, there's kind of, like, that use of mice as being the underdog mm-hmm. um, entails. Mm-hmm. And so, like, yeah. it kind of goes with that whole, like, Marshall McLuhan medium is the message type idea mm-hmm. where, like... The uh, using a mouse to tell a story of an underdog is like saying like here's like the ultimate this innocent poor small thing that like, couldn't do anything and is able to overcome all of yeah. these adversities 
And so, mm-hmm. like, I mean, you see it time and time again where, like, like in Mouse, the comic, you know. Oh, the graphic novel, mm-hmm. yeah. The graphic novel, yeah. Or, like, The Rescuers, American oh, Tale. Oh, okay, maybe that's um, why there's so many mice in That's the why movies. there's so many mice <laughs> Interesting. So, Carrie, uh, Ratatouille. Oh. Yes, I love Remy. I love um, Ratatouille. What was your Carrie? What was your impression as a child versus now as an adult? As a child, I remember it being. It was just a. It was a movie that made me feel so much that it scared me. Mm-hmm. I remember just like being like, "This is a movie I I know I like, but I'm not used to movies making me feel this hard." Mm-hmm. And uh, so I think that's why I actually tended to stay away from it because for me it was like the kids' version of Hotel Rwanda or something. Oh my God! <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think Watership Down owns that. <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. Watership Down does own that, but it's for me at that that was before I saw Watership Down. Um, oh. So I think for me it just made me feel a lot more than I thought I I could hold if that yeah. makes sense mm. um but with uh but now that I've watched it again as an adult it's sort of like for me it's just I see the artistry I just see the storytelling I see the yeah. sense that it makes and I see why Don Bluth was so desperate to tell a story that wasn't just just what Disney was doing at the time yeah. Because he wanted something that one of the uh, other uh, podcasts, the Rotoscopers, hi guys, did a great interview with Don Bluth where he was saying, you know, one of the things that I really want to, that the animation medium is for is, and the film is for, is to, if you're telling a story, how does it benefit the people watching it? Ooh. It has to be deeper than just entertainment. Because if it's just entertainment, it's, it's forgettable. Yeah. So if you're telling a story, tell a story that is worth something to the people watching. Mm -hmm. And I think that's one of the coolest things, and I think it completely shows through. Oh yeah. And Secret of Nim. It's like Secret of Nim is definitely not a commercial (laughs) movie. Um, But yeah, uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I'm really glad we got to get together and watch it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Well, I guess that's the end of the podcast. Uh, I know it's a little long, but we had to kind of give some context into who Don Bluth was. Yep. Uh, but thank you so much for watching. And or listening. yeah, oh, listening. that's I'm what listening. you do with podcasts. <laughs> you listen to podcasts. Thanks for um, joining us, guys. I think next time we're doing. Uh, I don't remember. I think what it's an American it was. tale. I think so. Yeah, I think it's an American tale. <laughs> but if it's not, sorry for lying to you. <laughs> <laughs> Just join us next time. Yes. Uh, we'll be doing another Don Bluth film, and we'll have a lot more interesting insight into another just different subject. So, yep. Cool. Well, bye. Bye.